0: It is the Flurza Experience, a show about Gwent and so much more. As I struggle with my voice, I didn't sleep well, but we'll get in, that. That's not part of it. We can talk about that later. But either way, I am always joined by the Donut Deity, oh. Pavel Burja. Nice to see you, Pavel.
1: I become a deity now, man. I've I've, <laughs> I've uh, evolved. And this is, yet yeah, it's not my final form. So you always, don't know what to expect there, moving forward.
0: There's more. You could become some sort of cosmic crueller or something like this. Exactly. Oh, I, Ponchki. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I got to come up with more names. Every every time I, I sort of write this stuff down, I'm like, what do we call Pavel today? You've been the <laughs> Ponchki Prowler. You've been the been that was the, a Pol- good one. the Polish Batman. Um, the. They're
1: always good. They're always good.
0: Uh, I was gonna say psycho cyclist, but I don't think that's good. Psycho
1: cyclist.
0: I mean, that's possible. Anyway,
1: ten out of ten. I can, I'll, I'll take that. Anything that involves sweets, uh, Batman, and ponchki, and yeah, and cycling is. You got me there. What about all a those things? Totally.
0: Batman shaped ponchki.
1: I would eat those
0: <laughs> uh, for sure.
1: they will be ten out of ten. Even better. I'm all for it. So yeah, hello Flake, <clears throat> episode ten. Episode ten. I'll let that sink in for a second.
0: Ten's a big one. I mean, you're a ten mm-hmm. already. You came into this episode being a ten, Aww. and uh, now, now the show numbers at ten is that's pretty decent, and um. I, I have to thank mostly, I mean, obviously got to thank you. And I got to thank Shinmiri for also being the the first 10 episodes of this. So this is technically like 20 for me, but Whoa. but it's 10 for you and I for the Flurza experience. Exactly. And big ups to everybody who who listens and, and watches and all that stuff. Because we're niche.
1: And this.
0: <clears throat> and well, yeah. I mean, I have to give a lot of love to Mark Theus who... Oh, um, yeah. I mean, if you're an OG in Gwent, you'll know Mark Theus. Mark Theus is... Um, I say this to everybody. I say, Mark, this is probably the hardest working person in card games that you may not have heard of. I say this all the time. He has his finger. He's in...
1: behind the scenes
0: that exactly. He has his finger in so much content that you guys love and that people from various other card games also are all about. Uh, and he is somebody whom whenever i uh, whenever I can attribute my success to he he takes a massive chunk of that success uh from my uh from from all that stuff. So big ups to him but also to the to everybody listening for 10 straight episodes and actually continuing to allow us to talk to each other and you guys just sitting around and saying like wow, what a bunch of doofuses. This is fun.
1: Plus <laughs> all the questions that you send us those are also amazing. So thank you and keep on coming, keep on coming cuz yeah, there's a lot of discussions we can have about important topics that are, of course, related to Gwent, but also less important topics and also very important topics like if a hot dog is actually a sandwich. So um, we're always we're always happy to receive these type of questions and very happy to to answer them and kind of yeah go deep into this stuff because it's important. So yeah, uh, speaking of um topics, this week we're going to talk about Gwent Open Number One which is coming this weekend. If you're watching or listening to this on a Friday, that means it's the next day on Saturday at 4 p.m. CST. And we're in summertime currently in Europe, which is awesome. And which means the days are also longer. And also, I think we'll touch upon the topic that we said that we will talk about in the previous episode, which is the streamer community, because it's it's a topic that uh, a lot of people really want to get into and kind of um, have their say in terms of like the number of people streaming the game versus the popularity of the game and stuff like that. So all this, and of course, at the end, we will have your questions from the
0: mailbag. Yes, yes. But first, Mr. Pavel Berger, there's been a lot of rumor and innuendo that has been circulating. Uh, I know that you and I do our best to keep this stuff under wraps because the information that we are privy to, you more than I quite frankly, but still, I do have my fingers in that cookie jar sometimes, but still, (laughs) there is the Dagon Rumor Report. It is a staple of this program, and we need you to essentially clear the air in terms of what people can expect uh, in terms of a forecast for Dagon.
1: So yeah, I am happy to share some very classified information coming directly from the desk of Director Fury at S.H.I.E.L.D., Shield. Yes, Nick Fury. This is important stuff. Our intelligence in Latveria has been able to discover secret documents belonging to Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom. Which have been analyzed by Tony Stark. Nonetheless, Charles Xavier and Stephen Strange. Dr. Strange. Stephen Strange. We have to really call him Stephen now? (laughs) But yeah, uh, the Illuminati along with Cosmic Intervention have concluded that a threat is lurking in the fog, but it's 100% not Dagon. Not happening. Stop asking.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. We have the best minds in uh, across various different multiverses, but most specifically um, in uh, in Marvel six one six, which is the most popular canon of what uh, comic <laughs> books were. If you are unaware of uh, the different universes and multiverses in comic books, the most the most prominent and the most um, long standing one. Like if you pick up a comic book and it matters and it's true canon. Then it is uh, you're reading a comic book that is within the universe of six one six. That is some oh, nerd, nerd, nerd trivia for you. Yeah, there's like the there's the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. There's various cinematic universes. There's the comic book universes that are very very different. But the main one, the one that like amazing Amazing Spider Man that comic run that's been around since the '60s, Fantastic Four, uh, X Men, all this stuff, all the ones that have major storylines that intertwine. Those mm-hmm. are within the universe called Earth 616. That is just...
1: 616. Okay, yeah. that's something new for me. There uh, you go. I'll keep
0: that in mind. Keep that in your back pocket. If ever someone says something, you could just be like, oh, really? Is it canon in 616? And then they'll be like, oh. nerd! And they'll push up their glasses and say stuff. That's what I would do. Um, Good. Good. Alright. Wayback machine time. It actually wasn't that great of a Wayback Machine this time. I, I looked back all the way to like 2018 or something there was a few things patch notes here and there but i think the most important one was i believe this was the week um in excuse me in 2019 three years ago where crimson curse was released and hit the table as it were uh my favorite expansion ever for gwent uh was crimson curse and boy oh boy was i uh, did this really just like went on fire uh, and let it burn for a little while because there was some really good stuff in crimson curse
1: Yeah, then, that's where it all started. I mean, uh, there was the first, let's say, big expansion coming to Gwent with over 100 cards, 31 neutral, 14 faction cards per each faction. That's a lot. Uh, We had the mm, five new leaders also coming there with unique abilities, new mechanics like poison, bleeding, vitality, shield, so all the important stuff that you're seeing Gwent now. It was... Stacked, man! It was stacked, and introduced uh, characters like Oriana, Siana. Uh, we have Detlaf there. We have the Crimson Curse itself as the card. Artorias Vigo. It was a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff in that update.
0: That, so yeah, that, that the whole set was awesome. Like Detlaf uh, was just one. I think that were the scenarios introduced in this as well. I think I like think so, Haunt and Masquerade Ball. And and all that jamboree. There was some really good stuff. I might be mistaken here, but uh, it, it maybe not. I think that maybe it came out with the next set that was like Merchants of Ophir or something. The one where you. I introduced... think so. I think
1: that was Merchants. To be yeah. honest,
0: Syndicate came <clears throat> out. This in one that. I
1: remember. We had the leaders and we had the cards, new mechanics, and that was already a yeah. lot to 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 Definitely. push out at the time.
0: Definitely, it's just that you, whenever you see something like with Debt, laugh. Um, you know, the one with, the, with, with Death Deathwish. you're always associating it to Haunt, like the scenario. Yeah. So I always just associate the two together. But ultimately, man, oh man, what an awesome, awesome set of cards. That was great. It was amazing. Like the theme was amazing. Um, I think it was supposed to be timed as well to like the release and certain tournaments. I think it was like Wento, like World Masters number one was supposed to be around this time as well. Uh, uh-huh. and so yep. there was all kinds of cool stuff that was supposed to occur that didn't. And again, we've harped on this many times in terms of you know, uh, tournaments and doing them online versus in person and how things are going. But who knows? I mean, if um, the world sort of pulls its socks up and starts behaving a little bit better, we can probably <laughs> get together at the end of the year. I mean, that would be awesome, would Don't be
1: amazing, grow. would be amazing. <clears throat> um, yeah, but- and uh, that was also the time where. Went was still on Xbox One and on PS4, so that's way, way back, way, way back.
0: I never did it, the console thing when it came to card games. It just felt weird. The yeah, first me neither. first time I ever did cards on um, on a console was I I I think like man, this was like ages ago on my Xbox 360. Remember there was that game? It was like Magic Planes, like Battle of the Planeswalkers or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I did that, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I, I was like, I all right. That on but it, Steam. It's just it, wasn't it clunky like don't don't you like even playing with a mouse and keyboard feels odd now that I've gone yeah. back to playing in 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 person of shuffling the cards of holding them of like you What's know the, the best part it's it's a whole different ball game and I wish that people everybody out there I'm telling you um I know that digital card games are very dominant and they're very accessible and whatnot but if ever you get a chance just to want to dip your toe into playing cards like in person like find a friend or go to any lgs and do like a Mm -hmm. do a magic draft do a flesh and blood draft do whatever a pokemon draft highly recommend it's a different
1: gaming experience right it's totally different than what you're used to and i think also if you look at flesh and blood their number one goal since the beginning was to do something different than all the digital card games are, which is bringing players back and actually having them sit in front of each other at a game table to bring back something that Magic had and still has. But a lot of these card games that we have right now are either going fully digital or they're trying to digitalize at least some aspects of the game in order for you to uh, grind them out online mm-hmm. so kind of bringing communities together bringing players together to to go face to face
0: yeah no that's basically it. it's basically it and it's an experience that is so much different than than everyone else and uh, i mean even from a gwen perspective like having the tournaments in person and seeing you know seeing tailbot sitting across from kolomon as they're playing and having that tension and having that build up and seeing both players when you like my favorite aspect of these tournaments and this leads nicely because open number one is occurring this coming weekend like you mentioned this is going to be published on friday um Mm -hmm. the tournament is literally tomorrow if you're listening to this on the friday and it's exciting and everyone's gung-ho and super happy about it but my favorite parts of those tournaments were when we're in person and seeing when somebody would make a play that was either unorthodox or caught someone off guard is you see the player look up and look at the player across the table from them and be like you bastard like you know one of those like that that to me i love that adds an extra layer and i love that
1: yeah it shows that it's you know it's actually two people going face to face it's much different because i mean you get to see the reactions in the camera uh once they once they do a play but it's still not. The same as when they look over to each other, they smile at each other and stuff like that because they're not really seeing their, you know, their opponent in front of them. So it's a, it's a different um, experience.
0: Oh, to say the least. Um, even just from the selfish perspective of being able to go there and see everybody and hang out. <laughs> I mean, it has nothing to do That's with. That's true. I like I'm not going to lie and say that it's not a, a great experience from when I'm not quote unquote working. It's just, but being at the desk, like. I had the the joy of being able to cast *Flesh and Blood* uh, in um, Indianapolis a couple weeks ago, and I will say this: I like, I, I adore, I absolutely adore casting with Shinmiri It is a joy to do. I absolutely also miss being able to cast with the person next to you, so you can kind of you're having that you're having the dialogue with them about the game, and it's a different dynamic than it would be if you do not see the person when you're talking because you can't read body language, you can't you know, take cues from them and things Mm -hmm. like that. When I was uh, in Indianapolis, I was literally, most of the game was like you had the big screen of the game going on that you're doing the commentary for, but I'm like kind of angled and talking to the person whom I'm casting with and they're kind of looking we're having a dialogue as we're kind of looking at the game and so it's a completely different dynamic and I feel like it flows so much better and um you know casting with Shinmiri is always super awesome but I don't think I'm not even kidding you I don't even think that him and I have ever had have we ever cast together at a desk before? I don't think that's ever happened.
1: I don't think that's ever happened because you had like Shanmiri was always the analyst and you had a different pair with you because um, who we you were again working with always it was uh, McBeard.
0: McBeard and I. Yeah,
1: McBeard. True.
0: We're we're always <laughs> together. But like I think as soon as the pandemic hit, was the first time that he, that Shinmiri and I. Uh uh-huh. Uh no, because it was Masters and and McBeard was associated with that. Then the, that got canceled. Then I think McBeard uh, McBeard left and Shinmiri came in, but it was all done at home. I've never sat next to Shinmiri and cast the match. I just realized that. Him and I have done so many tournaments and stuff together. Yep. That is so odd. <laughs> so weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think it's something that you mentioned. It's much um, different than actually getting to sit next to the person. And actually, uh, we always talk about this this aspect of body language, and I think it's also very important because it's much different than us talking. It's much different, different when it comes to just like interrupting one another when we're doing a discussion online like we're doing right now. Uh, but having this in person um, thing feels more—I don't know how to say it—but feels feel, feels more. You're like there's a bigger connection right there, right? Because you're sitting, you know, next to each other, um, and it's much easier to to communicate using nonverbal communication. Also, but you know, it's it's also I think building a bond. It's much easier to do it with if you have someone right next to you. You get to hang out. You, you take breaks because we always have breaks when it comes to the production of, of these things On when it's live. Like we still do the production aspect which I love the most because it's the it's the thing that I like the most like this week we're um, recording this today I just came back from the studio and we we're setting up all the audio stuff all the video stuff checking if all the assets are working checking if all the animated uh, overlays that we have if they're all working properly and stuff like that. So doing all that setup and check in, of course, if all the PCs are running properly. Like that itself, uh, I love. I just love the production aspect of the whole thing. So actually getting all these teams together, because normally our esports team is a team that consists of a motion designer, a video editor who work on um, everything CDPR related. So they work on numerous trailers, but also ads and stuff like that. Then we have the audio team, which works on every aspect of, of every game that we do. So. Um, normally we have the guys from, from Gwent, which are now part of the global audio team and they do like an amazing job. So we also bring them together. We have the events team. So Repek. we have the social media team. So Dominika, uh, who, you know, because we mentioned her, her like numerous times in this podcast. We also have like Mateusz from PR. We have like a lot of different people and Ryan, of course, coming from informing this, uh, esports team that we have. And it's really, really cool to take all these people from this different aspects and walks of life, let's say, and kind of bring them together and create this event. And it was also amazing to have the casters come in, the players come in, get to know them, get to hang out. You know, we have breaks in between the rehearsals that we do. Sometimes the rehearsals came later because there were technical difficulties which we were trying to solve. And this whole thing and this whole production aspect of it is, is something that I really, really like. And I feel like a lot of people don't get to go and kind of see behind the scenes what's happening. Um, we always talk about, of course, the the glorious stuff, which is, you know, getting fitted with the awesome uh, clothing <laughs> and suits and stuff like that. But there's also like, you know, us eating pizza and waiting for something to get fixed because we can't we can't really do anything. And I just love this. I love this. It's like this aspect of creating something with a number of people. And I feel like we're super bonded. Like the, the team that works in the studio, we feel like we get to like hang out, make stupid jokes. We do it throughout the whole weekend. We work long hours, but it's fun. It's fun. It's cool. And we enjoy it. So I think that's the most important thing uh, of, of of the whole thing. But I miss the fact that, you know, having you guys in the studio makes it like a million times better.
0: And then there's always, panda that's trying to get someone to play fifa against him yeah like play, play fifa i don't even know i don't even know what fifa is man like don't even i don't know yeah. what it is
1: yeah, panda <laughs> yeah and his fifa it's, yeah. he's Let's just FIFA. It's
0: he's like he's like a, a hustler like at a pool hall he's like flake fifa i'm like i what what i don't what is that soccer I'm yeah like, just it, to
1: give you a little bit of context to that because those those that might not know like we would have the players and the casters sit in the main building in the studio where you have access to like the kitchen you also have access to all the other facilities and then the big room that we have there which, which is like a big conference room we would set up consoles um because we have a big tv there so like a ps4 or something like that so they could come in and play st- play games like while waiting for their matches to start they also have their like set up laptops in which they can practice gwent if they want to keep on grinding and kind of going into the tournament with a couple games that they did before like that is also a possibility so, but there's also, like, games like FIFA, for example, which uh, Panda always, like, yeah, you want to play FIFA? You want to play FIFA? Like, we want to challenge everybody with yeah. FIFA because he's good at the game. He's good at the game. That's that's, that's probably why. <laughs>
0: it just made me laugh because the one time I played, I go, I'm like, fine. I'm like, I'll play. I've never played before. So we're choosing teams, and I just choose Team Canada, which are, <laughs> like, a, a terrible, terrible soccer team. However, they did qualify for the World Cup, which is amazing. Uh, and And he is choosing, like i don't know like you FC know
1: barcelona exactly or, Real Madrid.
0: or like italy from the 90s or something like that yeah. you know like oh, those one of those powerhouse teams that i'm like or brazil and i'm like all right and then he'll just absolutely slaughter me it's like 10 yeah. nothing at halftime that's why he
1: wants to play against everybody because he's good at the game and he just wants to destroy everybody and, and that's then he's like haha, oh, oh, i am dominating here
0: i'm okay with that i'm absolutely absolutely okay with that um so. It's like,
1: like playing Gwent right now, back streaming playing Gwent and destroying his opponents and then calling them out on on Twitter. I love it. I love oh. it. I just love it so much. Well, I I, I, w- that's, I check your feed daily just to see kind of like all oh, Mill players haven't staged. They haven't haven't changed their win con. Only right now is just to put you know close the game and yeah. wait for like connection loss. Yeah, it was <laughs> it still was, salty.
0: It's uh, it's not. It's yeah. It's not even. I'm I'm okay with it. It's just like the fact that Mill has sucked since closed beta and i get it like there was play it. people still play it and you could play whatever you want and it's totally fine but what makes me laugh all the time is that i'm a seasoned player i know how to play against mill i know how to beat mill i think my record against mill in the past year i think i have two losses against mill over the span of a calendar year with mm-hmm. like 30 plus wins against them Be- because <laughs> A lot of people don't know how to beat mill, and I'm like, you just two o mill. You don't pass. You have to win round one, and if your cards yeah. suck, well then they suck, and that's just and you lose, and it's just, it happens. But every time I would play, there would always be the same thing. As soon as like I I answer their their you know their big point play or their whatever. You know, you heatwave their, um, you heatwave their t-bores all so they the can't, four. or whatever. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's just exactly, they just take their phone or their computer and they throw it in the river and then there's like the disconnection. And this happened to me over the course of this week of streaming. I've been streaming probably, uh... I've been achieving at least, every, at least every day, but also in the evenings too. And part of this is also because I want to get as good as I can with with a lot of the the decks that uh, mm-hmm. and and leaders that we're most likely to see at the tournaments. And just part of it is, frankly, I just want to be get really good with these but i i guess i mean i took i took six weeks off the game did not touch the game just you know did not play a single game in six weeks and then jump back in and just completely posterize everybody and with decks that people say were bad like relics are bad monsters bad i'm like really because i just got 2,500 in 25 games like my all of my games got me to where i needed to go and
1: remember it's not the deck it's the pilot
0: well, that's part of it, and, and I'm not trying to s- sit here and say that I'm, you know, the tits when it comes to Gwent. I'm not, like, the all-knowing, all all-being. All there's a, a, so many better players than me, but it's just awesome because part of it is also the backseaters in my chat that are like, why are you doing this? You're doing this wrong. And you're like, "Hey, pump your brakes there, Charlie, because <laughs> there's a plan, so let's just relax, and we got it. And that's just kind of how it goes, but... um. I mean, this leads into the fact that, like, speaking of streaming and whatever, is that there's this, the main topic that we want to discuss here and and devote, like, a solid 20 to is the fact that there's this outcry that has occurred recently, and I wouldn't even call it an outcry, but more of a concern, that uh-huh. people are seeing streamers either, quote-unquote, leave the game or do other things, and people are drawing this direct link between the number of streamers and viewers on Twitch to the health of the game. And I am here to tell you that that is completely bogus math. And is it an indication? Is it a symptom? Sure. But you can have a runny nose and it's just a runny nose or you can have a runny nose and it's some it's symptoms of something, you know...
1: COVID-19. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. It could be a lot worse. However, I I'm, I'm, I mean... For all those who panic, and I know that this question has come to you and I a few times, which is, what is your opinion on all these players leaving Gwent? Well, I think it's time that we could discuss a little bit about it. And you know me, Pavel. I get real freaking raw about most topics that I'm passionate about, especially ones that I have a stake in to a degree, because I've been streaming Gwent for four, five years or so since closed beta. So however, since Mm -hmm. 2018... 29 2017 2018 I've been streaming this game. So I think I have a little bit of uh the inside scoop when it comes to some of this. But uh for yourself, your you're, you're part part of your job I suppose was for a degree to a degree like community and streamer management to to I mean I don't say streamer management, but you know being a link and a liaison and and kind of some guidance for the streaming mm-hmm. community. So what's your opinion of the fact as the community manager where you're seeing certain names um you know get up and do other things and it's it's not this isn't something new for the record because you can you can throw a dart on any month of of the calendar over the past four years and and within three months front or back there's probably a streamer who's decided to do something else or a new streamer that's come to the game or come to to gwent so what's your opinion of this
1: yeah, just based off looking at how our partner program is going. Like this is something that used to be managed by Mateusz, and now it's managed by Ryan uh, from our side. Mateusz is kind of um, who's also working on esports with us, but he's also part of the global uh, uh, like team responsible for uh, relations with content creators. Like we see content creators come and go, and I think it's 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 a standard thing. Um, you see it across all our titles and I feel like it is something to do with the streamer's kind of personal decisions in terms of like, I want to move on to a different title or I want to stick to this. And if they stick to it and they become like a household name, they will see their viewership rise, right? And they will stay with a given title for as long as possible. But I feel like a lot of content creators and streamers, they're just trying to find their place when it comes to the content that they're creating and the community that they're building. So they will come in, they will try the game, they will play for some time. They will stream it. They will start start building a following. And if they feel like they're progressing and they're growing, they will stick with it. But if they feel like they're not really progressing because there is someone like Shinmiri who has uh, a lot of views and Thea and Lionheart and you and, and others that they are kind of, they have already like, let's say cornered the market. So they're trying to find a different title. And I think. When it comes to streaming, it's two things. Like, you can be a variety streamer, so you can be streaming different titles and coming back in and out of them and trying different games. Uh, but sticking to a genre that you like, either it's RPGs or it's CGs or it's FPS games or whatever, or online any online multiplayer, first-person shooter, stuff like that. And you are either st- you will either stick to that because you're known for either being a good player or you're known for being just a person that provides, you know, a nice quality and um, um, let's say this entertainment value to the whole thing. So you will be doing that and flipping through titles, or you will try to like become a household name. And I think it's very hard to become a household name in a game that is already on the market for such a long time as Gwent is. But still, we see content creators come in and, and rise. Um, we've seen this, I think a good example also, since we were talking about open in the beginning, It's also how casting goes, like casting teams and and the people casting the game, they always change based upon the content creators that come in and create, um, let's say their own image and they create their own community around them and they're kind of doing it. But if, if you come in and you feel like, okay, I am not really breaking through, I will move on and do something else. And I don't, I don't feel like it's ever connected to the game. Of course, it's more, let's say, um, how to say it more appealing to be um, streaming a game which is currently popular. So that's why we have a lot of people playing Gwent, but then they jump into Elden Ring, for example, because Elden Ring is the new hot thing and it might drive viewers, but you kind of see that the majority of the players that are coming to your stream are most interested in actually watching you play the game which you're very well known for, which in this case would be Gwent. But if you feel like, okay, you know i try something different people are not watching it well what's what's the point for me of do, like for me of doing this and we can also get into the aspect like that people stream for money some people stream for entertainment and that's like a whole different bag of thing but i feel like the popularity of the game to some extent is important but it's not the driving and deciding factor when it comes to streamers and content creators too um pick up a title or move on from a title or try something different i think it's more of a personal thing for them
0: Yeah, there's this fallacy that these streamers are making you know money hand over fist when it comes to this kind of stuff Uh, i i'm gonna give you a little bit everybody out there a little bit of a a little glimpse into the vast riches that are accumulated by streamers (laughs) and um i mean i'm not a i'm not a popular streamer at all That, that is just statistically true um so we could just toss that out the out the window right away. that is that is a fact. i am I am perfectly comfortable knowing that I'm just not people's cup of tea wouldn't of what they want to watch when people are streaming. And I'm okay with that because it's all good because I've been in a lot of channels of people where the twitch chat is just I'm like, glad this isn't my channel to a degree. Not that most people are like that. but there is some really. Annoying garbage that it can get uh, tossed around. That said, um, ultimately, my, my mediocre channel. I'm a partner Twitch streamer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, at my peak, at my absolute peak, when I was averaging, you know, uh, you know, a, between 100 and 200 viewers a stream, streaming for five to six hours a day, uh, every day, seven days a week. My my paycheck monthly. Was probably in the maybe two to three hundred dollar range. So imagine, uh-huh. imagine working six hours a day, live plus all the stuff, all the stuff that goes on both sides of it, which is like preparing the stream and all the assets and the post production of of creating and and publishing videos and whatever. So it was probably closer to maybe nine hour days. Seven days a week, and you're making probably about two to three hundred dollars US. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people don't get rich doing this, the very select few do. And you can pinpoint the absolute most popular streamer in Gwent, whoever they are, whether it be Shinmiri, whoever has the most views consistently. And I will guarantee you that they are not paying the rent off of whatever the whatever popularity and whatever. Now that's no. the that's outside of things like YouTube or whatever. But you know how much money I made on ads, uh, s- streaming so far. I so I've streamed probably maybe six six hours a day for the past mm-hmm. week. You know how much money I've made off of ads in that in those in that week. Take a guess. Two dollars close it was $3.72 oh, wow. so nice. everybody who thinks that you're getting absolutely rich off this not true your subscriptions yeah. and i actively tell people not to subscribe to my channel it is on it is it is something i tell people not to do because it is a waste of their money not to the degree like don't get me wrong there are channels that have sub sub benefits and and sub Um, Mm -hmm. things like uh, you know obviously there's the emotes and all that stuff and if you want the emotes then get the emotes but at the end of the day I tell people not to subscribe to my channel because if you're a sub or not a sub I'm not going to treat you any different I'm you're everybody's welcome everybody has a voice it that's just the way it is but you don't have a
1: sub only sub only uh, chat
0: I don't do (laughs) sub only chats and all that stuff I don't care if you're an asshole I kick you out I don't care if you're a <laughs> sub or not. It doesn't matter. And if you're a good person, I'll, I'll listen to you and we we'll, we can have a, a nice conversation. But sub, your $5 subscription, your $5 US subscription, I get $2.50 of it. And Jeff Bezos, in his bald-headed space cowboy persona, gets $2.50 of it. So yeah. it I, I would rather you keep the $5 and enjoy a a nice something nice Yeah, spend it (laughs) on something nice go get a go get a couple hot wheels and a coffee have a good time baby perfect um then give it to me the save up
1: and get some boosters for some physical cards
0: dude that's a that's a that is a booster pack of every card game that you probably want that's a booster pack of magic of flesh and blood of pokemon whatever you want five bucks to slam it down that's all yours um what i do tell people though is that if you're very inc- the best way to support somebody is to just be a nice person and and engage in the chat and share the content but if you want to throw down some money donations go 99% of that donation or 95% of that donation goes to the person that you're supporting. So yep. that 5 bucks is it's cool and all you get a sub badge and whatever but you're basically putting 250 in Jeff Bezos' pocket. No. Yep. Um so they're only all- getting
1: half of it so that's that's it yeah. and uh yeah, and also take take stuff into account like taxes and stuff like that, depending of course where you are. But um, yeah, I think there was uh, some time ago there was this uh, big like uh, Twitch uh, leak when it comes to the earnings. I think it was something around um, from like two thousand nineteen to October twenty twenty one. Yes. Um, and of course, I mean you have you have the big streamers like Lyric, who's o- o- almost making like three million uh, from August two thousand nineteen until October twenty twenty one. But then you have like Critical Role, which is almost heading up all the way to 10 million, which is a lot, but also needs to take into account that these big content creators and streamers uh, on the platform, like they themselves can negotiate, you know, a larger percentage, for example, from from the earnings that they get. But when it comes to Twitch, it's for them, it's it's about the visibility of, the, of that person and kind of them actually using the platform. Like we remember these platform wars that we had back in the day where... Um, everybody was trying to get Ninja on their platform, right? So he was kind of jumping from one to the one from one to another. Um, and yeah, apart from these people who earn like a lot of money and can sustain, which for them, it's also not the number one, um, place when it comes to getting their earnings, because they, you know, they have sponsors, partnerships and all that stuff where they're actually making the big bucks. They're They're using this as an additional platform for showing visibility. And I feel like this has been said numerous times by people who specialize actually in, uh, you know, helping out streamers and creating content for them. Like, to it's really hard to actually make a living out of streaming the game on Twitch. Like YouTube, yes, YouTube, you can... You, also, when it comes to finding people and their content and visibility, YouTube is a lot better than Twitch. And Twitch is very hard to find anyone apart from the people who on, who are on top. Because if you are looking for a game that you're interested in, Take Gwent, for example, when you click on, on Gwent and you want to see who's, who's streaming it, at the top, you will have, you know, the people who have the most views and at the bottom, the people who have less views, it's very hard for them to, you know, actually be, be seen. So there are these small and like, uh, tips and tricks for starting out streamers is like, remember, if you have zero viewers, open a tab on your, on your computer and you have one viewer or ask your friends or your family to open a couple tabs that gives you more viewers, which makes you more visible. Always go for titles that don't have, you know, a lot of views because it'll be much easier for you to actually, you know, uh, be seen. Cause if there's a game that only, only a couple people are streaming, if you have like 10 views, that's already puts you somewhere in the middle. Or closer to the top, that means the visibility of you actually playing that makes it better. But it's very hard to, you know, when you're streaming something that's not very popular, it's very hard to actually go to the top. And even if you reach the top, it's not the top of the top, right? So yeah, you're it's... not going to be the next Doctor Disrespect or Ninja or Shroud or Lyric or any one of these uh, guys. So it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to 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 get to the high high you know spot.
0: Yeah, and I mean, let's be real as well. You know, you can't be that level within a a, a game like Gwent, yeah. or or even a game like Magic. I mean, the, the best Magic streamers have like what one and a half thousand, two thousand yeah. viewers. Is that that those people might be able to pay rent with what with the amount of subs and whatever they're getting and sponsors? excuse me, sponsorship deals and YouTube and all that stuff, that's fine. But what I'm trying to say here is that what what always fascinates me, and this is a conversation, again, that leads back to what we're talking about, about the streamers leaving and how does that reflect against the health of the game and stuff like that. People leaving – people who leave because they say that they're not making enough money with the game – I, I question where they thought that money was going to come from when they started. Yeah. Like, I, I, like <laughs> like if you're looking at the high end, if you take the high end, if your ambition is to be the best streamer at this game, at Gwent, and you're like, I'm going to supplant, you know, the Shinmeris or the Spyros or whoever has the greatest amount of uh, people. Like, if Shinmeri is pulling at 1,000 viewers, maybe he's got three, or, three to 350 subs, maybe 400 mm-hmm. subs. So maybe you're pulling in about 800 bucks a month. 800 bucks a month sounds really good. But if that's all you do cuz you're streaming 8 hours a day, that's not going to pay the bills. That is less nope. than minimum wage, friends. I hate to tell you, that is less than minimum wage. So if you're if your whole mantra was to come into here and say, "I'm going to pay the bills with Gwent." Well, you better win several opens. Because that's the only way you're going to pay the bills yeah. with Gwent. And so I always question the motives of players who are, are, you know, look, I am always of the of the mantra and the ilk of saying, if you go do whatever the hell makes you happy, if you don't like if if you're not enjoying Gwent, then don't play it. I took a break from it, not because I don't like the game, fine. but because I needed a break from it. And that's just, I had to focus on other things and I took a break from it. There were patches of the game where I'm like, I ain't feeling it. So I'm just not going to play. I'm not going to put in the same amount of time and whatever. And that's perfectly fine. You can go and do whatever the hell makes you happy. You want to go stream uh, Uno, go stream Uno. I, <laughs> it's all good. Do whatever makes you happy. But the uh, I, like sometimes it just confuses me when people are like, no, it's I'm just not making enough money. Where the hell did you think
1: you were going to make enough money yeah. off of this? Like, I think you should change your priorities.
0: Well, in, in the, this case, but I get it because some people need to pay the bills off this stuff, mm-hmm. so that there has to be, um, you know, a transition. But uh, to me, if your motivation is always to make money off of playing stuff and, and you're upset or you're not happy or your results aren't what you think they were, I think there was an expectation where you missed the mark there on that expectation where, uh, you know, because even the best in the top in this game are not kicking around the kind of money that you might think they are. And that isn't to say don't don't try, don't put in the work, but, you know, it's it just seems like if if money was the motivator, then how how connected to the game were you at a, at that point? And I I I'm not trying to I'm not trying to harp on anybody's you know intentions or their motives or whatever because everybody who is I always cheer for whoever is playing and streaming this game and supporting this game Likewise. and promoting this game. But um, at the same time, there there needs to be this clarity amongst the community that if somebody leaves and plays something else it's not a death sentence on the game on it dude like have you ever like put it this way do you ever decide one day that you, rather than eating a steak, you just want a, a nice piece of chicken breast or something? Does Do all the steaks come together and say, like, this guy freaking hates steak. The steak's doomed. It's never going to be a thing anymore. Like, no. Like, I see that's the kind of ridiculousness of when you see one person who is averaging, you know, whatever, 100, 150 views, and they go and do something else. And suddenly it's like, holy Moses, the, the sky is falling like sit back and just maybe understand that your sphere of 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 what you believe Gwent is is it's so there's so much more beyond that. That your favorite streamer is not pulling the strings and keeping Gwent afloat. There are so many other people <laughs> who are playing the game and enjoying the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's there's always gonna be a lot of people creating content. And and I feel like, of course, some people might you know, counter-argument us that we had some streamers uh, leave who were creating, like, who were driving the views up, like Swim, for example. Swim was someone that uh, everybody remembers that used to have a lot of viewers. Uh, Mogwai. But please remember that these are streamers who have been streaming different titles throughout their career. Their their number one choice has always been CCGs, but they have actually shuffled through different CCGs that they have been playing, streaming, and enjoying. And I feel like it's, it's it's normal. Like there are some games that you like and you play for a certain amount of time and you sometimes get tired. You also get burned out. You also feel like maybe you're not causing a big enough impact on it. And then you move on to something different in order trying to make yourself, you know, make a name for yourself in that title and, you know, trying to create a new community there. And that's fine. Like we don't we don't expect you to be always, you know, here and only playing one game and only only being stuck to the person that is, you know, he's only Gwent. Like, no, you can enjoy other things. Yeah. I also feel like there's this problem that um, content creators do is, is announcing it. Like, I am moving on because I do not enjoy the current meta. And this is something that oh, God. people take Jesus and they say, like, Christ. see, it's CDPR's fault. Dude. The meta sucks. They should think about what they're doing because this person is leaving. Dude. And sometimes I feel like it's just them creating drama and clickbait
0: oh. just to
1: be seen a little bit more. I feel like it's a PR stunt on their, on their behalf, right?
0: Well, so when you have nothing to say or you don't have a, a solid argument for something, the best way to, to, to seem like you've got a, a leg to stand on is to just be louder than other people. Like, that's it. Yes. When, when your argument falls flat, if you say it louder, it seems a little bit more poignant. But, okay, <laughs> th- there's a few things I want to touch upon of what you said. Number one is the fact that you made a big a great point. There have been bigger way bigger freaking streamers that have left this game uh, to other pa- to other greener pastures or to other things that they enjoy and the same Sky is falling mentality has befallen this game in 2019, in 2020, in 2021, and here we are in 2022, and it's the same thing. Dead game. Oh my god, what the hell? So-and-so left. This game is doomed. If so-and-so left, then what chance does the game have? Like, get real. There's like this odd... Cultish mentality that is really cringy, where people just automatically tether themselves to one personality, and then that is their personality. <laughs> like it's just weird. Yeah, and yeah. I and like I'm not even gonna lie, I've seen this in my own chat where people change their name to mimic the names of certain streamers. Yes. I'm like, that is freaking weird, man. That is it's so. For,
1: it's, it's, currently, we have the the meme of uh, Plain Talk John. Right, everybody's Plain Talk something. Yeah, and it's kind of they using that.
0: Like, dude, I don't like to use the word cringy that much but i've seen this a ton and i'm like do you not have any sense of individuality do you have any personality of your own that you could share like i want to learn about you like i don't and i like john i think john's a good dude but it's just he's awesome yeah definitely um so when mogwai left mogwai first of all went to magic uh Mm -hmm. and then left magic did magic die no, it's doing fine. Did then he went to um, Lord of uh Lord of the Rings. Um Legends of, Runeterra Legends of Runeterra. Did and then now he's tweeting actively that he's unhappy with the patch for that. Is is yeah. Legends of Runeterra going to die cuz he's playing Yu-Gi-Oh now? Is that going to die? Like, you know, relax. Just freaking yeah. relax. Like there's bigger people that have left and gone and the fact that people tether those two together and constantly doomsay but manage to stick around for years later (laughs) to continue to doomsay makes me laugh a little bit it's like you know it's like it's like being in the middle of the street saying that on december 21st 2012 the world's gonna end but it's today and you're still doing it it's gonna end it's like are you it's (laughs) we've passed that like relax like calm the freak down i get it um I
1: know Gwent Gwent has this like number one meme. If you go to Gwent, uh, if you go to Google and you type is Gwent, like I am typing right now, the number one thing is is dead 2022, 2021. <laughs> and then the next one is pay to win, cross platform, down, important in Witcher 3, in the books, and is Gwent good? These are kind of your number one. So dead is always the one that the that, uh, people are are asking about, but no, we're we're alive and well. We're, we're creating content. We're, you know, we're, we are we're, the we're doing stuff.
0: <laughs> oh, reviving the dead! And yes, we're necromancers here. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is that there's there, there's this this wonderful habit of when somebody doesn't like the game, they have to write a manifesto about it. Yes, <laughs> and like, and be like, here are my reasons for not. Playing for three more weeks, and everyone's yes. like, Oh my god, oh, okay, oh, yes. I
1: love how, um, Mr. Repek, who works with us, he's our event manager also on the esports side, but also streams Gwent from time to time. Uh, he, I think he made yesterday, um, like a remark on his Twitter that, um, I am, I am quitting Gwent for the next two weeks because I need to work on events, so I won't be streaming. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, but making it, and then say like, by the way, this is this is what's gonna happen because we kind of have a laugh out of it, right? Because you need to remember that us, you know, the same thing like me not streaming on a daily basis means I have other things going on at that time, so I won't be doing it. Um, people now kind of treat you know take me a little bit more seriously because I have been streaming the game and climbing from the lowest rank all the way to rank five, which I think I am currently on, and going higher and higher in the season just for my own enjoyment and for fun, because I like the, the current changes. I like the state of the game that it is right now. And I took some time off and it's totally fine. At that time, I was uh, maybe wasn't playing Gwen as much, but I was checking out other games like big RPGs. I was also playing other card games. So I feel like I am allowed and entitled to do these things. And I don't need to be kind of the person that is sitting here and, and playing all these things and and doing it if it doesn't feel good. Like streaming Gwen right now feels very good. It was very fun. Um, it's interesting to see like the same people come to my chat and 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 come to hang out and talk. And it's really nice to get to know them a little bit better. And it makes me feel more part of the community. And I'm using this platform for it. But I don't expect people come to chat and kind of tell me like if this was a super optimal pl- play. Like I don't care about it if it was yeah. super optimal. If it was great, I'm just here to enjoy the community. And I think Gwent has a really cool tight knit. Community who is very supportive of each other. And if you don't go on Reddit, pretty much, you will get to meet also a lot of cool people. But also you'll get to meet a lot of cool people on Reddit. I'm not saying that it's only bad. Look. But there you have this hive mind and these people who are fueled by, you know, I feel like some people are there just to, just to troll or just to say negative stuff just for the fact of like fueling this daily hate negativity just just for the sake of yeah it, but right? those
0: people are losers and i'm i'm not i'm not even like ashamed to say it it's just like if you, if your whole purpose is to to lurk in the in those forums to remind people that you don't like the game and that the game's dead and you've been doing it for several years you're a loser I'm like, but you're redeemable. <laughs> That's the beautiful part, is that you you can change at any point. You can go Everyone and use can. those efforts and you could take that motivation and you could do something positive with it rather than tear people down. But you do yeah. you. Um we should be
1: building each other up. And I feel absolutely. like what has a lot of content creators and a lot of people in this community who are building each other up. They're creating content, but not only, they're they're on Discords, they're on in chats, they're saying nice things about each other, they're just you know, having the possibility just to go on stream and talk about your day and talk about kind of the things oh, that you're working on. I love the it. things you're excited for. And then bouncing those off of other people and then getting asked questions about those things is fun. And that's, that's, that's why you should be streaming the game because you're enjoying the community, you're enjoying the game and you're having fun with all of this.
0: Look, I, I can confidently say that um, when I took time off of of Gwent and streaming, it was purely just to sort my mental health out, and I mm-hmm. had a really good six weeks afterwards without the stress of streaming. And when I came back and started firing up and playing, seeing a lot of the the, the people that were there for the longest time, that were there to support me, and talking to these people, it was just, it's a wonderful experience. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore it. Do I do I think that I'm going to be continuing to stream at the same pace that I am this week ahead of Gwent Open? Probably not, because it's it's not something I particularly enjoy like i hate i i don't hate streaming i just don't love it and and i uh-huh. would rather use that time to do other things but i what i love is conversing with the community and and having fun discussions and having people exactly. come in and say hey that was a really hilarious conversation about the doors versus wheels or thing like that like <laughs> you know like that that to me is awesome and people who like the podcast and there are some so many amazing people out there but i again the drama that gets created and drummed up this this drama factory that occurs because one thing happens and it, people then line up all the dominoes right next to it to be like well this person left so the game sucks this is going to die this person's getting fired the game's not going this. There. there's no season 5 yeah. there's no like that whole domino effect people are setting up those dominoes themselves and they're not helping each other when if they don't like the fact that heatwave is prominent in decks they're going to make this gigantic manifesto and post it mm-hmm. on reddit about how they're stepping away from the game and then literally 2 months later they'll post something else saying i have returned to give it a try and it's like dude just play the game like just play the game yeah like i i like you're you're not bigger than the game you're not yeah I'm not bigger than the game. You shouldn't
1: think like you need to announce these things. No. I mean, come on.
0: And I'm not saying it's like, oh, nobody cares. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just saying that you're just creating drama and points of conversation based on a subjective opinion about something. Because you know what? There's a lot of people who love Heatwave. There's a lot of people who think it's the worst card in the game because it ruins their day. There's a lot of people who think Nilfgaard should get deleted. And a lot of people think that Nilfgaard is the most flavorful and interesting faction in the game. I being one of them. Um... That said, if you, you, this is my raw in, intervention to the community who tether the game's success to streamer uh, streamers playing it. Because frankly, Trinet's having a great time playing whatever the hell he's playing. Lionheart plays other games. I play other games. Everybody plays other games. Get get used to it. This is a gigantic polyamorous relationship that streamers have with card games. We. And it's fine. Yeah, it's we are. It's fine with to do different things. Yeah. We f around with all of them, so we're not cheating on Gwent. That's not the the this, the no. basis of the relationship. Is that we can go ahead and get funky with whatever the hell we want. We're just not possibly streaming it all the time. And if you see somebody fire up Storybook Brawl, then don't go ahead and start lighting you know lighting your collection on fire because you think that everything's you know collapsing in front of you. That's not the case, dude. It's not the case. So please, this cultish mentality of living and dying by a streamer that you. You've probably never met in your life is really weird and i i i I tell people whenever they're in my chat i'm like this whole oh mr streamer if i may like that's kind of awkward dude just just talk to me like you would a normal human being like it's it's this culture that is so odd it is so freaking odd that i think that's part of why i'm streaming less and less is that there's this this odd instance of of like Culture that like date not deifies the streamer, (laughs) but really puts them on a pedestal of like everything is the be all end all because this person said it or did it or thinks it, and that's the odd part too. And I'm not, and this transcends into a lot of things, wherein if some if one of those streamers does something bad, there's this there's this mob mentality to either support or crush them regardless of fact, and that is that is where this gets dangerous because. I don't want anybody to automatically support or or cancel ad- or cancel me based on anything but the facts of what happened. I don't want people to come to my defense because they like my stream. Figure things out and and whatever. But that's the same for everyone else. It's the same for everyone else. This.
1: Well, you you have it even harder because you're a caster, and casters get oh, yeah. <laughs> a magnifying glass of the community. You guys get compared to one another. You guys get uh, also, you know, like, oh, has he been playing the game? Oh, what rank is he? Like, if you're a good caster and you can cast the games and explain the games to the people watching in a nice, coherent manner, it doesn't matter which rank you are. It doesn't matter how long you have been playing the game or if you haven't been playing the game. It doesn't matter if you know all the names of all the cards. It does not matter. As long as you're doing your casting role correctly, it doesn't matter if you stream the game or if you don't stream the game You are part of the community. I mean, you're a great example right now. You have been six weeks off. You came back and you're kicking ass. Like, and you haven't lost anything. But it was like, oh my God, six weeks off? Not focusing and playing (laughs) Gwent every day and streaming it every day? That's what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Like, I feel like there's a lot of pressure also put on any streamer content creator because we are consuming this content. And of course, we want this content like stream to be going to us constantly and so you can consume this stuff because this is the type of society that we are now we consume media in, in in like enormous amounts like tv is not enough you have now streaming services you have youtube you have spotify you can get direct you know you can directly take the content that you want and consume it the way you want to and we want this streamer to be creating this content for us and And you're putting pressure on that person, but you still need to remember that that is a human being and that person has their own needs, also needs to take some time off. If If it's for mental health or if it's just for like burnout or anything like that, like let them do their stuff, like let them try different things. It's fine. It's like they don't need to be only here with the Gwent community playing Gwent and feeling like they're you know, that they're kind of enslaved and bound to this, like they can do different things and it's totally fine. It's, it's in any aspect of life. It's the same. If you even think about, you know, riding bikes or running, you can run every day and like deteriorate your health and, 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 and get tired of it mentally and physically. Will it be doing anything good for you? No. But is, are you expected to do it because people know you for that? Yes, but let's not put pressure on those people to do those things. And the same thing is with streaming. Same thing is with anything in life. So, you know, let people take a breather, let them try different things, do different things, move on. If they come back, it's great. They don't need to announce that they're coming back or leaving unless they want to say, okay, I need some time off. I won't be creating content for this, but I might be back later. And it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's totally fine. And trust me, I get a lot of criticism I get a lot of <laughs> criticism. As you will. And I, and it's totally fine because it's, it's all good. But my favorite is the fact that when push comes to shove and I'm casting these tournaments, there is a 98% chance that if you're talking crap about me, I'm... There's a ninety-eight percent chance that I'm better than you at this game. It's a fact. Nah. Look, I've <laughs> nice. come to just—I've just come to agree. It is that I'm probably ranked way higher than you. I'm better than you at the game, and it, and it's just the true. It's a true statement. It is an absolute true statement. And is that cockiness? Possibly, but I back it up because I'm always no. in top on the ladder, kicking huge portions of ass. I play more than you. Results speak. Damn right! I play more than you. I played longer than you, and I'm better than you. So I don't. I like. That's why these types of criticisms and stuff they don't bother me. They don't bother me. I'll read them. If there's anything constructive, I can pull out of them. Perfect. If someone says like he, he talks too much or this or that, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I probably do. So I'm gonna keep things a little bit Fun. more curt and a little bit more abridged, but. It's fine. We're no problem. And, but, you know, it's all good. But if you're talking to me that I'm garbage at the game, that's just factually untrue. I'm better than you, and, and I'm okay with that, and I hope that you improve because one day maybe you will improve, and I, and I, yep. and I wish you luck with that. But anywho, that, that's, that's the, the, the chunk of this conversation, which was essentially the fact that uh, if I were to Cole's notes the end of it, don't deify streamers. It's awkward. Mm-hmm. It's weird. If they leave, then good for them. Let them do whatever makes them happy. Okay, so it don't do let not them grow. Let yeah. them
1: grow. Let them do different things. It only adds to their portfolio and lets them, um, you know, grow as a as a content creator, streamer, and as a person. Like let them do different yeah. things
0: and use your own screen name because it's so yes. awkward to see people having screen names that are like this cultish sort of membership mentality. If someone comes into my stream and is like, I'm, you know. I'm watch Flake, obviously, because Flake is taken, but if Mm someone's gonna, I'm watch something, or I'm watch, I'm like, I would be like, I would not be flattered. I would be like, that's kind of weird. (laughs) So, uh, nonetheless, friends, thank you so much. Um, We gotta, we gotta break. Uh, We gotta break. Kick kick it to our sponsors, baby.
1: Yeah! Blue Jeans! (laughs) Blue Jeans Bar Ink Dice, our only, only sponsor that we Decided that it's gonna be our sponsor without consulting with them. So no. yeah, Flora 15, go to Gdańsk. Uh, yeah, American food, really good food. How far is ever Never nice? been, but I'm
0: gonna say it's very good. Uh, how far is Nice from from where you are?
1: Uh, th- I think it's three hundred kilometers around.
0: Okay, so like there? a three-hour drive if like you're hitting highways yeah. and stuff. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Well, next time I'm there, we're going. Okay. And, and whether they know what the hell's going on or not, it doesn't matter. But we're going.
1: We should. We should film it.
0: Of course, we're gonna film it. Absolutely, we're gonna. We should record an episode there.
1: Oh, dude!
0: Flurza live at the Blue Jeans Bar. Oh, and we'll wear oh, blue man. jeans. It'll be great. Ten out of ten. I'm gonna bring you a jean jacket, a, a Canadian tuxedo, as they're called.
1: I actually I have a jean jacket, so we're good. I love I love denim wear. I love jean jackets. So Sweet. no, it's four hundred and nineteen kilometers, four hour
0: drive only. Okay, only that's fine. But you know what? Road trip. You know who's in the car? You and me, buddy. So. Exactly. Sweet. Oh <laughs> That's at least. So it's a four four hour drive, dude. That's like yeah. that's like f- maybe that's like four and a half Backstreet Boy albums. So I got yeah. you covered. Don't worry about it. We'll go through Easy. the whole catalog. All right. Uh, right after this Q and A, don't go too far.
1: All right, welcome back to the Q&A session, a.k.a. The Mailbag. And uh, we have a couple good ones. First one is actually for Flake, so I'll be asking the question by Ziad Tarek, or Ziad Neo. Um, ask Matt, which current or past WWE wrestler would he be or like to be? And which WWE wrestler does he think you, Pavel, would be?
0: Oh, this is a great question. So... um for those who don't know, or you must know by now, I'm a big fan of, of wrestling. I grew up watching it with my dad, and then I grew up watching it with my buddies, like in, in, in elementary school, high school. And when we all went to college and went to different schools, the one thing we always had was on Mondays, we used to get together, order pizza, and watch wrestling. And mm-hmm. it wasn't because we're like, oh, we're so enthralled with it, but we were. it was a way for us to get together and have something that we can still keep as exactly so i watched a ton of it um not not very recently more recently now it's just like reading headlines and storylines and whatever i would say that um like watching it through the 90s 2000s whatever i gotta say if i was gonna be one it would be cm punk along the time where he was uh in his last run in wwe when he was when he was basically him versus the establishment when things got really real and he was starting to say things that were like outside of the industry and talking about issues that were like, you know, medical issues and how the company treats people poorly and stuff like that. He got really raw about stuff. And that's what I appreciated Mm -hmm. because he was an exceptional, exceptional person on the microphone who I really admire how he could really draw in. Um, draw in the crowd and keep their attention and speak so articulately and cleverly. Uh, I thought he was awesome. But there was always also one guy that made me laugh who is in my hometown. He lives like maybe 10 kilometers nice. away from me. A dude by the name of his, his in-game name, his in-ring name was Santino Marella. He was an Italian his whole gimmick was that he would come in with a unibrow. He had the Italian colors on, but he was a comedic wrestler, and so he his his he was like a clown in terms of how he would, you know, portray his character. He was a great huh? athlete, great wrestler, but all of his moves were funny. The way he interacted with people were funny. Like he was there as the comedic relief. Um, he he lives close by because he runs a, um, a jujitsu dojo here uh like nearby he follows me on on twitter which is amazing cuz i've i've absolutely admired him for so long i've spoken to him on uh privately where he was actually he actually agreed a while ago to do a podcast with me and Ooh, i know nice. trust me and that never happened because of a lot of other factors but this is somebody whom i absolutely adore and if i were to be somebody i'm not going to be the biggest i'm not going to be the most high-flying i could definitely be the most comedic uh, i think of those and here's where this gets amazing he had a tag team partner by the name of um oh my Victor Kozlov. Victor Kozlov was this big, I think he was like this big Russian guy who was like basically the 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 antithesis of what Santino was because he was this big stone-faced, no-laughing kind of guy. So him and T- Santino would pair up as a tag team and Santino would always play off of off of uh Victor Kozlov's like very stern look so they had this funny comedic kind of duo (laughs) and that's where i see you i see you being the victor (laughs) kozlov to my santino morella that's how i i think that this is i would highly recommend if you guys want to see some funny clips just google um santino morella uh wwe there is like hours of footage of him just being hilarious his finishing move was something called the cobra where he basically (laughs) this is for everybody who's watching the video he would put on this big arm sleeve that looked like a snake and then he would go like this this and then face the cobra and then he would strike with the cobra and it was like (laughs) the most devastating (laughs) move ever uh that's who i would be so good
1: so good beautiful i think you answered that more than better. That was like that like was like proper proper answer to that question.
0: Thank you, Zia, because this is also nice
1: story attached to it, which is even better. He's, Thank he's you, Zia.
0: such a nice guy, and I've never met him in person, but I think I want to. And like, I almost signed up for for his Brazilian jiu jitsu classes just so I could say that I've met the guy. But it, I thought that would be weird because I'd go in there and be get my ass kicked just to see somebody. But then like, you
1: say, "But I know this guy. I know him. <laughs> we are friends.
0: He's a good boy. He's a good guy." Um. All right. Next question from kachigar uh, asking hi guys love the show love you both well we love you too oh we we love love you too too. man um tell me what do you think are two to three main things in a new card game that are most important not to f up uh art gameplay advertising card a card quantity and diversity balance progression etc so what would you say are two or three of the main things pavel that you have to get right for the success of a card game
1: well, you need to get the a- gameplay aspect for it. I feel like you also need uh, the balance and the progression, but I think like gameplay and balance are kind of things that are tied in some way. Like the game needs to play well, but it needs to have um a really good balance attached to it or it needs or the balance needs to be addressed at least a couple times. Um at least once a month I feel like it's it's good to bring a fre- breath of fresh air unless um you are settled on a meta and you have a uh, standard rotation, then of course you don't need to balance as, as, as much as yes Blake I know. a keyword said triggered you instantly. Um, but um, that those are those are important things. And of course progression, I feel like progression in the sense of incentive to play. Like if you have some daily quests or anything that you need to do within the game that lets you progress and unlock new things, or it's either unlocking new card packs or unlocking any vanities and stuff like that that will enhance the gameplay experience for you. Those are things that that card games need to need to do. I feel like um, art and advertising are also important. Art is important in this sense that it, you like to play a game which is uh, visually appealing to you but it might be visually appealing, but the gameplay might be bad. So if you're a card game player, you most likely won't reach for it because if you hate to play the game, the art won't compensate that. Same goes for advertising. I think these are things that are kind of additionally there. Um, Advertising makes sense if you want to get new players on board, but it doesn't also mean that these players for sure will stick, Um, especially in card games, which are considered, like when, when you think about it, games that cater to a specific crowd. So... My answer for the top two, three main things would be the gameplay, aka connected also with balance here, and then the, the the progression because these are these are things that that will keep you you know coming back to the game on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think you, you hit most of them. And again, if you're talking about success, like is su- is success like financial, like monetary success? Is it the longevity of the game, the player base? I mean, these are all metrics that have to factor into what you would deem a successful card game but a lot of them will trickle down to these rooted things that 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 are that people get right. Number 1 is in my opinion you have to have the gameplay like the rules of the game have to be have to stand out. Um cloning a game and changing one thing even if it's an improvement is not really going to get things going. You need to have some sort of extra hook like like Legends of Runeterra is not breaking the mold in terms of what the gameplay is, because if you look at other games that preceded it, they're very similar. Hearthstone, um, Magic, etc. The gameplay and the framework is there. But why is Legends of Runeterra successful? It's got the lore element behind it, sure, no problem, but Mm -hmm. it has some extra nuggets to it that is really good, like you have the, the so many different factions are are great. You have the um, evolution and the upgrading of your hero characters. That is something to progress to. You have the mana bar as well that you can fill. You have a, a limited board size and and various different levels of attack, defense, things like that. So it 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 sure it started out as a very familiar framework. But the way that it's popular is because it gets a lot of those gameplay and rule sets really, really down pat. So that's certainly part of it. I would also say that balance in the early onset has to be very fine-tuned, because if you're going mm-hmm. to a game and there's only two decks that you can play out of a card pool of 300, that that game's not going to sell, because someone's going to walk into the game, play five hours, realize that there's only two viable decks, and say, well, that's boring, I'm not going to play it. Yep. Uh, and progression. I think that if you want a card game to stick and be successful, you need somebody to log in regularly because they feel like their time is being rewarded and they are getting something out of it besides wins and losses. And Gwent does that exceptionally. Um, Legends of Runeterra does that very well in terms of how that they you can choose your, your path that you want to progress. I think they do it exceptionally well. Magic the Gathering Arena does it poorly, <laughs> very poorly. Very, very. Um,
1: Sorry to say, but
0: yeah, yeah. I, I don't, and I
1: feel th- I feel like their whole community would agree with, with us here. <laughs> oh
0: well, put it this way, put it, like let's let's just throw this out there, um, a question to the community: How much would you pay for uh, a for you know four legendary wild cards and um, twelve uh, epic wild cards? How much would you pay for that? Would you pay fifty dollars US? probably not not in a game where they give away so much magic the gathering arena has really <laughs> thrown thrown some um some garbage at the wall and it is uh, trying to stick so that that's that i hope that answers your question kajigar
1: yeah they just put they just put like a big stick in their front wheel on the bicycle that they're riding on and you're <laughs> you're bound to face foam
0: yeah like why would the community do this yeah exactly <laughs> totally
1: all right. What are your opinions on including more dual faction cards like Gord or Tatterwing?
0: That's uh from Adams. I like this question very much because um making dual faction cards, it's hard enough to balance new cards to, within the own their own faction that they have to uh interact with, not not only that. Every faction is Tech, every card is technically a dual faction to the degree of it has to interact with the faction in which it exists and the neutral pool as well. So you can't find any broken interactions amidst the, the bro- that pool. So finding a card that can slot into two factions plus neutral is difficult. And in reality, some of the arguments I saw about this as well, the dual faction cards are typically only played in one faction as it is. It's very rare you see them huh? actually be effective in both. I think Gord is the outlier here because we've seen Gord is the outlier. Yeah, we've I seen a crime-based Gord that has been successful in Syndicate, but we've also seen how important gourd is to a spell related um uh Scoia-tel deck. So played in
1: most of the Scoyatel decks.
0: Yeah, most of them. Yeah. I think that um dual faction cards, you know, I think it's a matter of, I'm sure designs have been tossed around and some even finalized, but unless you have a six pack of them to put out to the world for for every faction, then it's not really going to work. So what I think that might be, my opinion of it is I would like to see another wave of them for sure, but I believe that in order to get it right, you need to have six of them and and finding six that are, are... unique and not going to be busted in one faction or another is difficult. So I'm okay being patient on this. I don't, I don't think it's the end all of this.
1: Yeah. I actually, um, because I really like this question. I consulted our balance team and I also talked to Vlad about this. Yeah. Uh, to kind of get you more insight into the, the, the the thinking process and kind of what the, what the guys are kind of, um, viewing when it comes to Gwen's in the future. So, um, I got an answer that is something that they could perhaps like explore in the future. However, like looking into the things that we need to do in 2022, like there are different things that we need to focus on. And I think uh, one thing that both kind of agreed on together with Vlad is the fact that we need to first like ensure that the existing cards, which are dual faction are actually viable. Like Tatterwing here was the example, like that's a card that needs for sure some, some love and attention. Um they also said that they would like to keep this as a possibility rather than a commitment moving forward uh because we don't we we never like 100% say say like yes we will do it for sure um and they also like mentioned that if you look at the way that we do neutral cards right now we do them in a way where they are doing the job of dual faction cards quite well while not being tricky to balance because Dual faction cards, they only limit you limit you to two factions, while neutral cards can be designed in a way in which they can benefit all these factions. So there's no limitation when it comes to balancing and working on these cards and improving them or changing them um, to only fit into two specific ones. I feel like um, this argument can be used against us saying that, oh, it's much harder to balance a card to faith in all six factions instead of limiting them to a two faction. But I feel like when it comes to balancing and based off what we discussed here uh, with the balance team, it's much harder to have this limitation of two factions instead of having something that is applying to all. So um, that is, that is that is of course, the, the answer. So it's something that we will uh, keep in mind on the table for the future.
0: I like it. Hey, would you believe that we got another question about premium tokens?
1: Oh, of course. We I just get questions I answered about, uh, premium
0: tokens. I answered on the Reddit thread and just told them June first. That nice. Yeah, I'll just say that. Let them. Uh, and when it doesn't happen, and they'll be like, "What the hell?" I'd be like, "Yeah." There's nine previous episodes where we say we have no idea. So that. Yeah. Off. Um. All right. Next question is probably one of my favorite that we've ever had. This is from Redanian Loyalist. asks and I don't know if you're a fan of the show, but which always I Sunny never and Phil. It what's that you've never watched you've never watched it okay so i got you covered i'm not a huge i haven't watched every episode but i've watched like several seasons of this it is an incredibly hilarious show it is so it is so good because the characters are so ridiculous and it's one of those shows like seinfeld where you can put those characters in so many different situations and it's just funny to see how they each react to it because the characters are so unique um so the question is from Redanian loyalists on Reddit: Which Always Sunny in Philadelphia main characters would you join? Uh, would join what gang? Also, what Sunny uh, in Novigrad spinoff? Uh, or sorry, also Always Sunny in Novograd spin spinoff when? So uh, I'm I'm not a big I don't know much about the lore of the gangs and stuff of that of Novograd, So I'm gonna modify this question a bit to say what faction would they be a part of? And I think that's better. Uh, you, you don't know this show at all, so I don't know if you're no. equipped to you say to, this. You have
1: to help me out a little bit.
0: Okay, so the different characters on this. I'm only going to give a few, but there's mm-hmm. uh, there's Charlie played by Charlie Day, who's the he's the guy of the meme where he's like he's got all the, the 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 bulletin board with all the things and the arrows pointing and the conspiracy theories and stuff like that. He's a very manic, uh, nervous, anxious uh, um, person who's not very smart. He's not very literate. He's kind of stupid, but he's very, uh, yeah, he's very manic and, and anxious and, and nervous uh, energy kind of stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> I see him being um, uh, in Monsters. I see him being, because everything is just it's very, um, he's he's very emotionally driven. He's very, ex, <laughs> ex, you know, and, and like, it just sort Sounds of looks like a monster. Yeah, fly by the seat of your pants. He's kind of disgusting at times. <laughs> uh, that's kind of his, uh, his whole shtick as Charlie Day. Then, there's Dennis. Dennis is um <laughs> Dennis is kind of like your your Chad alpha male style type of person <laughs> who wants to be uh like thinks that he's kind of royalty to a degree. I think Order that yeah, Northern Realms, precisely. <laughs> he's absolutely Northern Realms. He's got this air of he's better than you, he's smarter than you, he's always knows what's going on. He's always getting the women that he wants. He's very manipulative in that degree. So you think he'd be kind of Nilfgaardian, but um, I would put him more towards Northern Realms. Uh, he, if there was a dual faction, Nilfgaard Northern Realms, it would be it would be Dennis. It would be perfect. Um, finally, the one I'm gonna say there's um there's Mac, Mac, uh, played by Rob, uh. McElhenney, I think his name is. Um, Mm -hmm. He is the person... He's kind of like the the person who, quote-unquote, does his own research. He's the person who uh, knows everything, who's very... he's the the sort of guy, the Call of Duty player who thinks that they can go into the war zone and end a war on their own, you know. He he does things like there's this one scene where somebody comes into the pub and they're worried about the person coming in and Mac is like, don't worry, I gave him an ocular pat down, he's clean. So it's like, you know, (laughs) like stupid stuff like that. Uh, He's very on the ball he's the guy from the meme where it's like i'm playing both sides this way i always come out on top like that's the <laughs> so him to me is nilfgaard that's where i see him he's he's nilfgaard or maybe syndicate i don't know one of the two i think that that's those are where those characters would go in my opinion
1: interesting okay now i, I you just got me interested in the show dude you so have to
0: watch it just watch the first I season to, I, to I know catch up on a couple episodes exactly there's so everybody I says sitcom, you
1: come so it's 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 Perfect.
0: But it's not even like that type of sitcom where there's a laugh track and everything's so stupid because like it's not even funny. Like Big Bang Theory to me is one of the worst shows ever, and people think I would like it because there's comic book references in it. It is terrible. If you take out if you take out shows with laugh tracks, laugh tracks in shows are to remind you when you should be laughing and to and to basically train you into thinking something something's funny shows without laugh tracks are the ones that actually have substance in it because they're True. so good uh anyway you have to, just watch a few episodes you'll like it
1: is cdpr considering making a like a leader ability rotation i see why this question made it because the word the magic word rotation is there <laughs> mm,
0: yes yes yes
1: and uh, this is by conti pt and there's a second question are we considering making a battle battlegrounds in gwent <clears throat> So we, uh, ability, leader ability rotation as any rotation not a fan, not a fan <laughs> like instantly uh, made the face, but yeah um it would make sense if we had some new, let's say distinct leader abilities that we wanted to add to the game and test them, I think rotation there would make a lot of sense when it comes to rotation overall, limiting players into the amount of like leader abilities that they can use, nah. I feel like it's more important to address and go back to leader abilities which are underperforming and make those better and start off with those things because I think that's that's the most important thing. Then maybe we can start thinking about any type of rotation, but for now I would I would not use the R word because uh rotation is not my favorite thing.
0: I, I just wanted but, to uh,
1: I will pass it on to Flake now because I feel like oh, 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 wait. Okay. There is more. Oh
0: yeah. Well you you definitely caught the scent of why this is in the uh in the script of why this question is being asked, because yes, the dog whistle word of rotation just caught my <laughs> ear and I heard it a mile away. When that when, when Conti pressed send on this uh on this Reddit post, I was I think I was in the shower and I was like oh, huh? i am like run out shampoo in my hair and figure things out. So I will say this. Um, a leader rotation can be good or it can be bad. Obviously, if everybody's playing the same leader abilities, then you want to maybe entice people to play other ones. I will. I will say that a leader rotation. I'm not even. I'm like. I like the idea, and I think the problem is is that you have to be very careful of what you rotate out because if you uh-huh. rotate out one leader ability that keeps another leader ability from being OP, then maybe that could be problematic but if you take out like let's say you take out stockpile you take out um uh ursine ritual you take out double cross blah 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 all these very yeah suddenly everything kind of changes and now it's like okay well now we don't have an ability that might be able to beat this ability, so this ability is going to run the table. I like the idea because it does sort of change and 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 shift things around. Like, what if you put out a poll and said, "Okay, what leader ability would you not want to see next season?" And everybody votes per faction, and the highest vote getters get booted out for a season. That could be fascinating. But there is you already
1: faction challenge.
0: Th- there's <laughs> already a little bit of phantom rotation that you guys do already, and, yeah. I'm, and, and, and which is. When you say which factions need love and you boost those to being better than the others is that not na- is that not some sort of sort of you know form of phantom rotation by making others better and then making others worse therefore not being viable so they're kind of rotated out because they're not even viable so there is already this artificial rotation that occurs by means of boosting leaders that are are not getting love or nerfing leaders that are already too good. Because how like, you know, it, it is already an occurrence um, that 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 happens if you're paying attention. Because when a when a patch notes hit and things get changed suddenly, you're like wow, I haven't seen I haven't seen harmony in like a year. Like I guess it's rotated out because it's bad. So that kind yeah. of already exists to a degree.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, it's nice that you mentioned the balance aspect of it that it can throw the balance off. Uh, if, for example, something rotates. Uh, out that is there to counter something else but I also feel like yeah if when it comes to how we do balance and how we try to bring up other leader abilities like even changing like the, the amount of provisions that a leader ability gives you that already is making a leader ability go a little bit higher of course this works only for leader abilities that are not as crucial to your number one game plan um, and are not like you know needed in that specific deck but can be used across multiple different archetypes um but yeah there are there are numerous things that go into this but like i said like if we maybe were trying to introduce something new or if we wanted although i feel like if we wanted players to uh vote on their favorite ones they would vote on their favorite ones and not vote on the ones that counter them because it's something that they you know like playing so that would make you know, that'll make some power creep or some uh, other leader abilities to become, you know, too dominant. So that wouldn't be fun for anyone, I think.
0: Uh, and the last part here is, are you guys considering making it Battlegrounds in Gwent? Um, I Not mean, that's you... something
1: that we're con- considering because I know this is that's uh, this is Hearthstone's uh, brand new auto-battling game mode that they have. Um, I think they, they, you know, they introduced it some time ago. Um, so it's an A player experience thing that they have. And I think I think looking into what we have on the table for this year, I think the most important thing is is keeping um, you know, draft uh, making draft a little bit better is keeping everything in multiplayer Gwent going. Plus remember that we have a single uh, player spin-off uh, to Gwent uh, that we're working on codename Project Golden Necker. Which uh, which is which is our sole focus, but uh, when it comes to adding anything new or any new game modes, not planned
0: right now. It's going to be difficult because the auto battlers um, type of game it exists in various different formats. There's like the there's sort of the character driven one, like uh, team fight tactics and things like that, which mm-hmm. I've played and I think is is really good. Um, Battlegrounds in in Hearthstone, I played a ton of that and i Mm -hmm. really liked it but again the problem is that rng is is such a an element to it which is is tough and not my favorite plus um battlegrounds for hearthstone was put behind a paywall of you can play it but if you want access to more heroes that are good and stuff like that like there was a you have to pay every every season so i was like not interested now there's Storybook Brawl, and Storybook Brawl is exceptionally good. Now there's a little controversy surrounding it, obviously, because they've mm-hmm. that game was bought out by a bigger company that runs NFTs and stuff like that, so that is yeah. on the menu, so there's a lot of backlash on that. But uh, in defense of the people who made Storybook Brawl, if you're making a game, your objective typically is to sell it to somebody for a crap ton of money and then not worry about it that's your objective uh-huh. which is what yeah, they that's did your right, there. <laughs> right they're like hey we made this cool game and then a company's like we'll give you so many dollars so many dollars and the people the are like okay so i'm gonna make all this money and then don't have to worry about doing the game anymore it's like all yours yeah. like no problem <laughs> now obviously nfts is a whole different thing that i don't agree with and i think is stupid but
1: same thank you
0: yeah no no worries uh nfts are complete hot garbage stupidity but yeah um, i was gonna
1: say hot garbage because i love when you say hot garbage oh, so. <laughs> I,
0: hot free range organic garbage the top yeah. notch absolutely the kind you get at only like the most prestigious uh you know hardware stores to grow a <laughs> grow a lotus in a closet somewhere yeah. you need that very nutrient rich earth that's what this is it's pure hot yeah. organic free range fair trade garbage um perfect there you go. So, What bat- a way
1: to end. <laughs> yeah,
0: ba- Battlegrounds in Gwent can't... I, I, it's going to be... The thing about it is that the nature of what Gwent is is completely different than the other games mm-hmm. that where you have minions and battling that f- smash face together and there's a health total. Gwent doesn't do that. So you have to figure out a very different rule set because it's not just about putting units on the board because those units don't do anything to each other. They just sit on the board and represent points. So you have to create a v- very different rule set and and framework for how this a uh, battlegrounds auto battler in Gwent could work. However, if they do figure that out, if that does get sorted, that is a hundred percent where I'm putting all of my effort Gwent related is to play that because they are a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice.
0: Easy. Another easy episode. peasy
1: lemon squeezy. In we the made books. it through episode ten. Ten.
0: Ten. And there's gonna be ten more minimum. Minimum. The big one o. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: minimum. We need Bert- more.
0: Pavel and I signed as long a contract. As Marthia
1: says, he'll be editing these, and they're working on
0: the. I think it's uh, I think it's Alias V now who's uh, editing Ooh. these, and she is yeah. one of my favorite human beings ever. So yes, we
1: need to send her more chocolate.
0: We do. She moved away from me. She's in Calgary now. Um, <laughs> ever since I met her, she kept mo- she kept moving further and further away. First, like we we're both like in the Toronto area, so I'd go visit her at her apartment, and we'd hang out. And then she moved to Niagara, which is about an hour drive away. So. Mm-hmm. I would- drive out to meet her and hang out at her place with her, uh, with her husband and her pets and play cards and just hang out. And then now she just flew away to Calgary for like three hours, three hour flight away. So I'm like, dude, like I can't keep this up. So what is it be? <laughs> is, is it something I said? Um, yeah, that's an episode. But she's
1: been inviting you over and getting you tickets and stuff like that. We had that one of the episodes that, you know, yeah. she has been trying to.
0: God, know, I, I, I heard her husband. I love them both so much. They're yep. like family to me. Um, like you are. Like you are, Pavel Berzhan. Oh, I'm going to end this episode like I end too, every episode and say I love you, man. I love you too. Well, that makes no, sense. I love
1: the whole Gwen community. We yeah, do. I
0: love you. 98%, of you. Uh, 98% of you. 98% of you. Okay, I love
1: everybody, even with your with your, you know, problems and stuff like that.
0: Nah, I, yeah. <laughs> 2% of you can, uh, can all hold hands together and sing Kumbaya, but the rest of the 98% love you dearly. Uh, not to say that the 2% isn't redeemable. But uh, everybody
1: can bounce back.
0: Damn right, absolutely. Trust me. Trust me. I know you can always bounce back. All right, that's the episode. Pavel, lead us out, buddy.
1: Dude, I don't know what to say. It was it was amazing? It's always amazing to sit down every week and just talk to you about the most important stuff in Gwent, in life, and in card games. And oh, it's
0: it's the best. I just remembered, friends, mm-hmm. ladies, gentlemen. If you're read, if you're listening to this on Friday, keep an eye on Pavel Berza when he's doing interviews. Because I'm gonna be whispering some doofus stuff in his ears. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work yeah, on it. if
1: I break out laughing uh, in the middle of a uh, of of any interview that I do this weekend, it's because of Flake and him whispering weird stuff in my in my in my ear or saying some funny Polish words just to just so I can crack up.
0: Damn right, damn right. We're gonna
1: keep it professional though. I'm gonna keep it professional. You know, you can. Nothing You're a gonna pro. I'm not. I don't, and then you hear like Naleśniki or something in damn the middle. Damn right. Like,
0: Exactly. Parufki. Right in there. <laughs> All right, friends. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening and watching thank you. the Flurza Experience. We love you very much. Don't forget you're not losing if you're learning. So keep playing the game, you might win. We'll catch you next time on the Flurza Experience.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.